Foster and my co-host Liam, the hair ever growing, longer and longer, looking much more like a surfer, more and more, whatever that is. Well, we know that's important. Mo- you got you got, Morgan, to, you got to look like a surfer. Morgan, who has a song, another one, and I know it's Christmas is gone. I know this is coming out later in the month. <laughs> Hope so everybody hit this, dude. Come on, j- just go. Come on. We were just going to say, or oh, I was just going to say, all I want for Christmas is Dude. And if Mariah Carey is not now shaking her head, it is well-known fact that she's a very big listener to the show. She's a big fan. She loves surfing. She DMs us all the and time. And she loves mindfulness. Mm-hmm. But she hates what we've done to that song. Come mm-hmm. go. All I want for Christmas is you. That's not bad either. You. Yeah. Now, do you automatically throw a little shaka as you say, that was happening, my hand lifted up then, and I was throwing a little shaka just complete autopilot. Subliminal kookness. Kookness. Do you offer up a little you? If someone's going for a wave and you don't know them and you're in a random break and you just kind of, what's your take on that? Well, here's the thing with the either unsolicited or I don't know, just use in general, in general, you know, you. Sometimes it can be very self-conscious and the more self-conscious you are about putting that into the world, the quieter or the less authentic it sounds. Mm. Sometimes it's a little. But then you get a <laughs> that hasn't deafened everybody. Sorry if you're listening on headphones. I get a bit. I get a bit worried sometimes. I get a bit self-conscious about giving a you out in the ocean. Yeah, Just that's, creeps that's, in. That's that's okay. I remember getting a you from a really good local surfer years and years ago when I was very much more in a beginning phase of my surf journey, and um, it gave me such a huge boost. It was so cool because I thought, whoa, he's this person's acknowledged my wave and it really had a real nice boost a real nice effect on me because it made me realize that you know we are all in this together it was a real feeling of like human to human connection which is kind of rare to have sometimes in surfing because it's such a selfish sport and Mm. solo sport it's like we're doing it for ourselves you know we're not on a team but then when you feel that slight team environment going on it's a really nice feeling we get it a fair bit we really blessed where we live because we have most of the time it's just people we know and there's a good crew of very you know when you're serving with good people they want you to do well they want you to have a good way yeah but it's a really interesting talking about that from a confidence point of view of it's very difficult to say nice things to people often or it can be one of Mm. the blockers you know very good at doing that once people sadly have left the this planet you know eulogies are always full of very nice words about people but to actually display that while somebody, especially your friends or your family, is still alive and to say, you know, good things about them, to them, to their face. We, di- as Brits especially, it can be quite a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it is as almost a sort of display of gratitude, isn't it, for having those other people around, for having those other humans in your life. And that sort of vocalisation, even on a very frivolous level of the, of the you, when you're surfing, is just a nice kind of beginning point of saying, I am stoked that you're having a good time. Or I'm going to tell you what a wonderful human being you are. It's kind really of all nice. connected, isn't it? But we do get a little bit get stuck in the throat sometimes, doesn't mm. it? Well, it's, it's something that I think I've, I've always done for whatever reason. I think when I was, even from a young age, I realized how good it made me feel to be quite open with notes, letters, messages and whatnot. It was kind of this thing where the more I shared those good feelings that I had for someone, the more it made me feel good. Now, listen, I don't know how it made them feel. Obviously, 
I don't get to control that. Now, mostly, most of the time, hopefully it's, it's a good thing and a good feeling. But it's you. When you are kind to someone in the surf or outside the surf, it's you that gets the benefit the most. And this is, um, there's research on this now that shows that people who perform random acts of kindness just here, there, everywhere, wherever you can, in the supermarket, at home, in the surf, I don't know, wherever you like, are calmer, experience a higher immune system, live for longer. And uh, it must be linked to how much less stressed you feel. If you perform an act of kindness, you don't feel as stressed. You feel good. And those feel-good hormones are really, really good for you as well. It's hard to do in the surf sometimes because I think what happens is there's just so many egos. And it's breaking the barriers on those can be quite challenging. And I know that for me personally, if I've been at slightly more like serious surf breaks and not my own home break, yes, that I'm not the same. And I go slightly more into my shell. I kind of get my, you know, my A game, my A game face on and I'm like, right, waves. And it is slightly more competitive and you just got to kind of get in and get what you can get and all that kind of stuff. And I, th- and I think that's human and that's okay. That's quite normal. But ideally, if I can be with like a friend and even in that, let's say competitive lineup, but be with a friend or two, it's being able to say, oh, mate, you know, you did this and that was your spray on there. And dude, when you went down the line, you look, I mean, for example, yesterday you took off on like a two foot mush burger. Do you want that with fries? Hey, buddy, you want fries with that mush burger? It's, <laughs> I'll keep improving that as we go. <laughs> that is terrible. A lot worse than your surf progression because your surf progression is really coming on. You went for this two foot wave and you pumped down the line and it was this sort of up and down. And I really like to, this is just me. It doesn't have to be everyone does this, but it's like, you know, you got to the end of that wave. I really like to just wait for you to better see me. So I just raised my hands and just, and then say to you when you came back out, I said, dude, you've really got this thing down, which you have, which is this pump and flow, pump and flow, because a lot of people don't get that. And I feel as if it's probably the thing that some people will just get. It's like a click. A lot of surfers, even having surfed for 20, 30, 40 years, just don't get. And I don't know what it is. I've been trying to figure that one out for a long, long time. And it's kind of like what I call the click. And the click is this thing where someone just gets it, whatever it is. It's like a little tune of rhythm and flow. It's like a dance. And I guess it's the same same surfing could be compared to dancing in that way. And the fact that there's a lot of rhythm. You've got to really move with the wave, not against it. And and, and you've got to be able to know when it's going to speed up and slow down and the corners of it and the pockets. And it's like dancing with someone in that way, especially on the board. And I guess when you look at people dance, you can see some people naturally have a gift for it. Some people don't. Yeah. But you definitely have that. And I've seen you, you've only been progressing really in this steep curve for a few years, mm. two, two, three years. And you've just gone, boom, next stage, next stage, next stage. Whereas I've got some friends have been surfing quite consistently mm. too for 20 years, mm. 25 years. Mm. And they're still roughly speaking where they were at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, there's... I'll cover all of those bits there and then we'll come back to sort of passing on kindness because that's a really important part of, especially in this intervening period between Christmas and New Year, given what's going on in the world as well. We'll definitely revisit that. But from a point of view of progression and dancing is a really good, because I was going to say that sometimes there's a few sports, if you like, or activities that go well, go really well together. And there is a rhythm to surf. It is a dance. And it's in a way, it's why sometimes boxers make great dancers or martial artists. You know, if you look at Brazilian martial arts, that's why they, because there's a fluidity to movement and motion that comes actually through the core as well, through the hips and the ability to sort of almost separate that movement. So you're actually moving your hips. You're not just moving your feet or you're not just moving your upper body. There's a sort of fluidity to the movement. And if you can get that, then of course the gains come, particularly in things like surfing or skating or whatever it might be, because you're generating power and force and torque through the center of your body. And that's the kind of most powerful place to get that from. 
And, you know, how do you get it? Because, you know, like your other buddies there, Will, and, and some people I will know as well, and where I was, you know, surfing broadly, call yourself a surfer for 20 years, I'm in that camp. And, you know, setting aside all of the stuff I've said on previous episodes about the fact that there's no, or there was at the time of, of me coming back from Oz and trying to progress and learn surfing, you know, there weren't, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have how to surf vids, we, none, of, none of that stuff really. And unless you knew really great surfers, which I didn't at the time, to show you the tricks of cutback floaters, you know, whatever it might be, you couldn't progress. You just had to, you watch surf videos, but it wasn't showing you how they, those guys did it. You know, I've always had a little a rhythm that's a gift for where it comes from. I don't know. And people who see me dance will probably disagree, but there is some rhythm in there and, mm. I, and, that, and that helps in terms of, of movement. But when it comes to that click moment, I think that's where if you're looking to progress and looking to get that, there are lots of tools out there or you, to get the surf coaches that are able to communicate some of those concepts of how do you do that? How do you unlock that next door? How do you go from being a straight down the line surfer, which is absolutely what I was doing for a very, very many years, and to then progress that kind of flow, trim, pump, move, speed, cut back, so on and so on. So you keep going through those doors into the different rooms. But I do think it begins with some of that functional movement. There's no point starting and thinking, I'm going to generate speed if your hips are inflexible, if you haven't got the core strength, if your legs are weak, if your arse is weak. Because I've been there. <laughs> I was starting to develop. I love the outdoors, always been active, but many years sat behind a desk you develop a desk desk bod if you want to call it that, or desk bum because mm. <laughs> your bum's weak if you don't do anything about it you're you calling it office legs office it? legs yeah <laughs> i had office legs and bringing all of that stuff back together boom you know leg training flexibility movement surf skate come back to this in later in the show as well but all of that stuff helps you understand the movement required to do the thing that you see people doing on the wave and that for me is where it sort of starts to dial in but absolutely dancing whoo Rhythm, baby. It is rhythm. And actually, one of my buddies, or our buddies, Ollie, who's a really good cricketer and rugby player, has got a really interesting journey that he can draw from because he's played these team sports to a very high level. Yeah. And now he's entering into the surf journey. One thing he mentioned the other day was saying that surfing is this really unique sport in the sense that you get no feedback. Mm. None. You don't know how you're doing. You don't know how you look. You don't know what you're doing right, doing wrong. And you get nothing because there's no, there's no coaching unless you hire it. And, and there's a, a shield, like, you know, imagine going into the car park and saying, yeah, I've got a surf coach. You've got what? What are you doing? You're taking it that seriously? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Like, we all just do it. Like, you, you know, you're supposed to be able to just click your fingers and you can do it. <laughs> what the fuck's that about? It's ridiculous. Everyone needs help. And one thing I want to talk about on that front is, you know, help for what too, right? Because it's happiness, okay? That's what we want. We want happiness from our surfing and it just so happens that we're probably at our happiest when we're performing at our best and when we're performing at our best we are happiest it's the inextricably linked but the thing with that that's very very like so humbling is i've got certain friends who may be way happier now i don't know because they're in their body and i'm in my body i don't you never know how happy someone is but they might be way happier than me in the ocean when they're surfing the way they surf and if someone was to assess it and give it a point score like, you know, like a ju like judge it, like for that kind of criteria of top to bottom and carve and pocket and how much flow was there and speed and whatever, give it a really low score. But what the fuck does that matter? Because like we keep saying over and over and over in the show, and it's the big theme of this season one in our, our first season of the Mindful Server podcast is it is about how it feels. And uh, it's a humbling experience that, and it's, and it's a really, it's about letting go of how you think you probably look on the wave and replacing it with just the present moment. Yeah. 
and you're flying along on a wave and instinctively do things. Now, yes, if you're the kind of person, now you are, and I am, who wants to try and do new things and progress their surfing because you get so much joy out of that, because that's what we talk about loads. I, I get huge joy out of trying to do a new thing or hit the lip a bit tighter or do these things. It doesn't matter if you're not. But the point is, is that when we're on that wave, when we're all on these waves, these mysterious, amazing things, these pockets of energy that are flying in, is that if you base things on that instinct and not on ego, you tend to do your best surfing anyway. So it's it's always a paradox. Yes. I love the paradox of surfing. Well, it's it's about getting flow. We mm. we there's a theme that's run. It will continue to run throughout. It's getting into that sort of place of flow state. And in making those improvements, often for me, this is a personal thing, but I hope it resonates with uh, you guys out there listening to this. Is that the more you unlock, if you like, the secrets, not even secrets, but the more you unlock performance. Or the more you look, things that help you engage that center of flow more effectively. So you're in the right place at the right time, you know, all the conditions align. And then the things you can do on that wave align because of all of the hard work and practice and effort that you've put in over the time. You can get into these extra windows of bliss because, you know, even on that example, Will, when yesterday kind of the speed generation is coming more and more for me. It's not about really doing it for whoever is looking at it, although that's always nice because you do look for approval. We're human and we, we seek approval from our peers. But when you feel that as a new sensation and you're going faster and you're reading the wave more fluently and, the, and it, you start to see what you can do next, then it also dials up the flow experience and that in itself helps. Like you say, you can't score someone's happiness. You don't know how happy they are internally and what they're thinking of and where you are is where you are. And if you enjoy that, that's great. As we've always said, this kind of idea of being in the here and now and enjoying that moment and being grateful for the good enough doesn't mean that you can't have an ambition to do something. And then, of course, when you do get to that place, it's supremely rewarding because of all of the hard work that's gone into it. And by the way, as we and probably mentioned this a few episodes ago, even the pros still have a surf coach. So all he's right, get a coach or get input. And in no other sport can you go, and let's call it a sport for that reason in that analogy, is that you go and buy all of the most professional kit almost the same kit that the pros are using without any experience of how to use it or what to do with it or what conditions and by the way they're still being coached so it is unusual in that respect and not only coached but coached on really powerful waves yeah that's the other thing yeah and it's like it's amazing because we i know i can surf quite well mm. when the right opportunity arises aka a wave that's not too powerful not too weak yeah and then what's so humbling is then i can go into another surf and wonder, where the fuck, <laughs> where, the, where the fuck did my surfing skill go? Like, where is it? When's it coming back? What's going on? And oftentimes, it's the conditions. And I think this is where, as surfers, we've got to be so good and get better throughout that journey. Because it's a journey, it's never-ending, of being flexible. The flexibility of the board you ride, flexibility of how you approach the surf, flexibility of how you feel on the day, flexibility of what the crowds are doing. When the wind changes, doesn't change. The tides, because we get rigid in these ideas. And I, and I do this all the time. Like, I love hitting a high and tight turn. It gives me huge joy. And then I'll roundhouse and hit the pocket and down the line and floaters and wow, 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 wow. And then the tide might shut it down. And then I go to do the, try it again. And like, I fall off, let's say. And then I kind of blame myself for it. And maybe there's a bit of both there. And, but then it kind of takes away the joy a little bit. But the joy's only been taken away for as long as I can then notice that it's going away. Because that is mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like joy, joy, joy. The whole point of mindfulness is just noticing your feelings. So there it is, starting to get a bit bored or a bit annoyed or whatever it might be. Okay, is what it is. 
Oh, maybe I need to, yeah, okay, adjust my style, how I'm going to approach this, maybe get out, I'm done, or paddle down the beach, or maybe I'll grab my lawn board. And be really adaptive. I think the more adaptive we can be as surfers, the more joy we're going to get from it. It's like the lemon analogy. It's like squeezing every last drop out of that lemon. If you can be super adaptive, you'll get so much from it. It's embracing, in a way, uncertainty Mm. and change and not expecting things to be the same all of the time. And surf is that perfect, almost lesson, metaphor, whatever you want for life. Because you know that even on our home break, you know, you can have a mill pond nothing. And the next day it could be throwing great surf and then it'll go back to mill pond or it might be blown out or it might be whatever. That's just how everything, that's the universe, isn't it? That energy is not the same day after day. So you're the person that has to adapt to the change. Mm. The change is going to happen, but it's what you do to embrace that, that will define how you can kind of get into that place of it's good enough. And it's why bringing Stoke is the most important thing. Yeah. You can't expect the ocean to give you stoke now of course it will if you bring stoke right yeah it's a very subtle but incredibly powerful thing if you go into the ocean down frustrated upset annoyed and then you get in there and start looking at the faults of the ocean it's a bit windy it's a bit this i'm on the wrong border it's a slight downward spiral and you then you know spend weeks going oh yeah i'm just not really stoked on my surfing at the moment no 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 there's that's surfing surfing's just surfing the waves are just the waves fiberglass is just fiberglass your body is just your body now don't be wrong improvements in conditions improvements in your fitness and what kind of board you i can all help but the thing that helps the absolute most is bringing good energy because when you bring good energy good things happen yeah and that's the board you ride, the people you bump into, the, the little A-frame you suddenly find yourself on where no, where no one else is. And these little spontaneous things come up when you bring Stoke. Yeah. We're guilty often as surfers to not bring that Stoke. Oh, big time. I and, do all the time. And it's like the, the the thing we shared from, and we mentioned him a lot as well, Luke Siederman, who's a very funny guy, runs a Raglan Surf Report, who punctures some of these surfing stereotypes. And he's sat in the car saying, oh, it's too blown out. It's a two north, northwest wind. Imagine, oh, I wish I had my shortboard. You know, this, that, and the other. And we make excuses. Instead of just saying, it is what it is, let's get in and have a good time. Because you're not going to change it by saying it could be this, that, or the other. Or don't get in. Or, or don't get in. I'm always amazed that just how little some of the people that I know in my surfing circle decide not to get in the water because conditions aren't like just so. Yeah. When for me, it's a chance to exercise. It's a chance to get my hair wet. That freshness, that feeling, that joy, just the air, the, the water, the, even if it's a foot. And... Listen, you're preaching to the choir here because you, you're Mr. Stoke here. You stoked on anything, but it's just it's getting in with that with that mindset. That's Ben Gravy, isn't it? Ben Gravy. Yeah. I think when we first started seeing Ben Gravy online, those of you who haven't heard of him, guy, guy called Ben Gravy. Mm. Check him out on YouTube. He brings the Stoke, and I think that's I think the biggest lesson he's taught me, at least, and I'm sure you too. I'm sure a lot of people is bring it on land first, and then take it in the ocean. Yeah, and good things will happen. And whether it's a a little novelty wave and you look at what he does and he'll find these random little waves and just has this great little time and no one's in the water and he's just having a ball and it's all about and that rewinds all the way back to what we're talking about about passing on kindness passing on this the you however you do it find your voice on that because if we can do that for the people it's contagious isn't it and if you can start to bring that stoke into those environments so you are the energy be the energy you know be the perfect you be the perfect wave you want to see if you took to adapt that quote you then have this kind of group of people that start to get together. You surround yourself with those people who also have that mindset. And suddenly the frequency is good and the energy is so good that it makes the session, regardless of the conditions. And so that kind of ability to sort of pass that on, especially, you know, during this 
time of goodwill to all men and women and whoever else is kind of involved in the festive period. It's just that kind of, just be the best version of yourself you can in the surf. Absolutely love that. There's a Rumi quote. Just for going, we want to yeah. segment one I want to mention. Uh, Rumi, very famous Sufi poet. And his quote is, what you are looking for is looking for you. So you're trying to get this thing from the ocean, but that's already within you and it's already trying to find you. It's already there. And if you take that in, it just gets enhanced. And it's, mm-hmm. like, it's the cherry on top. It's the bonus. Yeah. And it's the, no matter what it is, no matter what can the, the conditions. I think at the same time, just before we move on, I think it's, we're never trying to, on this show, kind of woo-woo things no. to the point where you force yourself to be someone who you want. If you don't want to go in, don't go in. Yeah. If you want to be down about yeah. it and annoyed about it and it's all it's on shore yeah. and it's shit and that makes you happy, what the fuck? That's fine. And it's not a preach. We're not trying to preach here, but it's just trying to help ourselves while we're yeah. talking out loud about it. Of course it is. It's like Priscilla said there, dude, that, that on that one. Don't go chasing butterflies. If you tend to the garden, those butterflies will come to you. Very nice, dude. Segment one, the mindful self, which is a couple of minutes of just centering, deep breathing to raise your awareness because that's what it's all about. Just take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe out. And breathe in and breathe out. And breathe in and breathe out. Just be really aware of the feeling of air going in and the feeling of air going out. Just keep your awareness on that feeling. Now just bring your focus to something you can see. And with just as much stillness and concentration as you can, just keep your focus on that thing, benign as it might be, or beautiful. Just look at it with intensity. Good work, guys. The amount of times I become utterly mindless in my day-to-day is in the thousands. And that's how I know I'm on a mindfulness journey. It's the only way you can know. If you've woken up to the fact that your mind is this drunk monkey causing havoc all day long, then you're also aware of when you're not aware of it. As in, when you fall asleep to it, you then wake up and go, God, where was I? Yeah. <laughs> like when I go through this being pissed off in the sea and not getting the waves that I want or someone's in the way or something on land that's worrying me or and I'm in this little haze of like inside my head, inside my body and I'm not aware of it and it's going on. And, and then I go, whoa, whoa. And the first thing that I tend to do is sometimes it's a thought, but overall now it's more of like a stillness thing, but it kind of is like a thought. It's just like, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up because you're human and you're going to switch off. You're going to, the lights are going to go just lights out. But the sheer fact that you're already back now, that's what counts. You're on the journey. Be aware. Take some breaths. Move down the beach. Get out. Go talk to your wife. Say sorry. Not try and let it go because that's an impossible task, but just let it be. You know, we've talked about on the show before, let it be versus let it go. How do you find that mindfulness journey? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a brilliant tool for resetting. Uh, As I said before, I mean, a lot of the time I was using surf very much as that 
back door into meditation and mindfulness and trying to keep or almost trying to escape by using that as a way out. And then the more you sort of go into more kind of awareness around how to center, breathe, meditate, leave the mind, be aware of things, let thoughts be, don't try and sort of get rid of them. Because I was very much previously in that place of trying to get rid of the thought or empty the mind, if you like. And I found that doesn't really work for me. So that kind of way of letting those thoughts be and, and letting them sit within their presence, but to take care of breathing and um, stillness has been really, really helpful. And as I say, sort of using in many of the sort of almost physical repairs that I've had to do on the on an aging and, and broken body is bringing that mindfulness practice into that healing phase as well. And sometimes that's guided, is part of this show to an extent. And sometimes that's just the tools you take away from some of those guided meditations. That's how I, how I use it. And trying to kind of now, weirdly, all that's called Mindful Surfer, is just totally be in the ocean. So that's the other work on now with mindfulness practice. Maybe where some of the improvements and gains are coming is sitting very calm, trying to be as calm as possible between high stoke from, wow, I've just pulled that off, and low criticism, if you like, of shit, that didn't, that didn't go quite well. So having that imperviousness to the criticism and the praise a little bit more, and it's just like, okay, it just is. And that's helped actually in some of the recent, some of the slightly bigger conditions locally even we've had. It's just that mm, breathing, I'm just mm. going to enjoy this. I can surf, that's great. So you, you kind of back yourself a little bit. You're passing on the you, but you're not always whooping and hollering at yourself. You're just like, that's it, I've done that one. And that's been part of that journey for me of learning a bit more about how to manage mindfulness. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. It's really cool. Dude. Yeah. It's really cool. But surfing, by its very nature, can certainly raise mindfulness. Mm. It still requires that human to be that aware human who's yeah. there and like really yeah. there and not elsewhere. Yeah. And would you meet hundreds of surfers? You and I can both yeah. testify to this. And by the way, this is purely observation. Yeah. It's no judgment whatsoever. Yeah. Hundreds of surfers who don't seem present. Yeah. Because I know I can be one. You can That's, drift out, can't you, into... Oh, so easily. You know, swearing at... Yeah. Un, even under your breath at people who've dropped in or got in your way or whatever. And you just... That's when the practice comes back and you sit on your board and go, okay, it is what it is. Because it's a crowded place sometimes. And we mm -hmm. recently have had mm -hmm. to really channel that because we've had massive crowd with it being Christmas holidays and whatever else. It seems to have been mm. big, big numbers of people in the local breaks that we serve. It's a strange one. I could call it a stress. Like it's a genuine stress in my life is the shadow of the joy of surfing. As in when something's that amazing, it shines such a bright light. Well, guess what? Right behind it, what's going on? There's a huge shadow. There's always a shadow behind something. It's a duality. And the duality of something like riding waves, which is that much fun. When there's barriers to that, whoa, mm. man, give yourself a break. It's okay. Yeah. And we're all human. We're all human. That's all right. It's okay to get stressed about that. Because yeah. like, talk about our first world stress, but still, life's life. Yeah. And, and if you're dealing with that sometimes, it can be, we're going to, and we listen, we're going to come yeah. on to that in our segments coming up now. But Let's move on to segment number two, yeah. the mind body stoke corner, where Liam and I have been kind of what we do in our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. Dude, go. Mind, body. Well, there's a couple of things here that I was going to talk about. And I sort of alluded to it in the early part of the show here is that from a body perspective, one of the things I think maybe even in the first episodes, I need to go back and listen to them, we were talking about was just going on that theme of desk legs, right? So when I came back to surfing properly, 
properly, I guess. What I was finding, and probably I didn't realize at the time, but this is where input from you is coming, Will, as well, is that pop-up's still great because I kept the functional fitness in that respect. Actual kind of functional stance on the board, too low, not engaging the glutes, not generating any real uh, potential torque for movements on the surfboard. So riding the waves nicely and sometimes you sort of do things by accident more than, than, mm. than design because that's how it works or instinctively. But by building in on-land training around leg strength and hip mobility and glute strength particularly, and then also working on some of the functional movements that come through, as I mentioned many, many times before, this guy Rodrigo Machado is a really good example of this. There's lots of coaches out there that, that will, will coach it, but how to practice those movements on land. So you get your strength gains in one box, if you like, functional strength gains for surf fit. And we train that every every Wednesday night now. And then you look at your sort of movement patterns to build muscle memory before you're in that arena of contact, let's call it. Because as we've said before, before things like the wave came along, and we've had some great couple of visits there now, you don't get very many times to practice the thing you want to do in each session because you've got to battle conditions, you've got to catch the right wave, you've got to use crowds, all of that stuff that we already know about. But so if you do on land practice around those leg gains, functional movements as well, suddenly you start to see over a period of time, it's not immediate, this is where patience becomes a factor as well. You start to see those gains actually then translate into the ocean, which we're talking about surf gains here, and helping you to do the things that you wanted to do. That started very much with me trying to strengthen, if you remember, my ankles from the calf tear and sort of doing that religiously for the last year, say. And then uh, hamstrings, glutes, back, and suddenly even my stance on the board is different. That's actually where the generation of speed is coming from because you combine that physical gain with your knowledge gains of how to do something. You practice that a lot, man. And then suddenly that's all coming together. And in terms of how that then impacts your mind, well, your mind is this, if you like, the brain that's sort of doing the learning bit, but it's then the, where the stoke levels start to rise because to achieve something, even if it's minuscule and you can't, you know, it's a micro gain, it's just amazing for what it does for your mental well-being as well. So cool, dude. The um, seeing you do what we call a hip opener yeah. last week, you do, you go into a, a, basically a deep squat, yeah. okay? Legs wide, it opens the glutes, opens the hips, strengthens the hamstrings, glutes, quads. It's just a phenomenal mm. exercise for your surfing every single person i've ever done that with whether it's an athlete pro average joan jane whoever mm. it might be suffers when they do it mm. now here's the interesting thing about suffering that there was a study done once on uh, pain perception which i find a fascinating topic as it relates to this fitness thing we're going to talk about and um what it was done it was done on uh it was this big group 50 people and 25 had meditated for 10 years 25 hadn't at all. Neither group within that large group knew each other in that mm. way. They just were all doing this experiment and they had to hold um, a lighter, so a flame, underneath their hand by about six inches away and hold it there for 60 seconds, I think, roughly. Mm. Don't quote me on that, but just hold this lighter under there for an approximate amount of time. And then um, they all wrote down what they perceived their pain at the end. Meditating group between four and six, non-meditating eight to 10. Mm. Now, how this relates to exercise is You've got pain doing, let's say, chin-ups, planks, squats, deep lunges, twists. Let's be quite frank, stretching. Fuck me, stretching hurts. <laughs> it just, and it's work. And it's like, oh, I'm back. Every day, here I am stretching and it, and it hurts. It just fucking hurts. But you have two humans who do this thing called hurt. One is present and leans into the discomfort, like where is that discomfort? In yogic traditions, they say breathe into 
not away from the pain. Breathe into the pain, breathe into the stretch. And it's a really bizarre paradox. You lean into these uncomfortableness, this hot, this horrendous forearm burning, hamstrings are burning, calves, glutes, whatever you're training to really make a huge difference to yourself. Because by the way, fuck me, does it make a big difference? I mean, you talk to any pro, any amateur, if they've done any training, even a little bit, it's helped their surfing. So there's huge benefits there. Not only to your health as well, mm. Christ, and mental well-being mm. on the day. And I mean, mm. I go on and on about the fitness benefits. But see if you can raise your awareness of your mind activity when you are in pain. So when we were doing this exercise last week, it's brilliant because everyone's got a different way of managing pain. And, and for yourself, you make this lovely sound. It's like, a, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> like, and listen, dude, I'm the first to admit, mine's like a grow. Oh, oh. But what I have found is when I just go quiet and I focus on my breathing, it's just as painful, but somehow it's more manageable. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Yeah. And it's a really cool thing because you'll push your body yeah. way further yeah. if you can stay present and not wonder when the suffering is going to end. That's where we, true suffering is not pain itself, but wondering when's this going to end? When's this going to end? That, that's where we really get into a. Well, it leads me to, I mean, there's something I was going to say to surf media inside, but there's actually ties very much into this, especially when you're talking about aging or injured bodies and the pain threshold and suffering and the journey of that. There's a really good, I actually watched the clips, the highlights of it through YouTube and some of the main pointers, but Joe Rogan, who also presents a podcast, not quite as big as this one, but does, no winners, um, you may not have heard of him. He's talking to Laird Hamilton, who is a legend of surfing really overall and big wave surfing particularly. And it's really the theme of that particular discussion is how to stay fit and healthy at any age, which resonates very loudly with me. Even as Kelly's, you know, uh, hitting the semifinals of the WSL recently at 48 years old. And Taylor Knox talks a lot about the best wave of your life is still out there. And I believe that, but it's really interesting to hear Led talking about the actual process of living that life and the different people he knows who've gone through that pain threshold, even into their 80s, who've achieved great things. But it's being able to understand that there is suffering in that process, but that is part of the good thing. And sometimes that's the enjoyable part because there are gains being made every time. But you just have to, and this is where the wonder of the body, the human form, if you like, is celebrated. And exactly what Laird says in this is that it's amazing if you keep doing something, how day one, the body's screaming, like, you know, like we're talking about. And day two, it's still screaming. But by like three and four, it starts to go, okay, I'm getting this. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to go through. That's really inspirational. And has helped me actually to say, there's no shortcut. There's no sort of secret. There are hacks, if you like, around how to stay well and all of that stuff. But any improvement in anything in life, in a way, is going to take certain walls to run through, the hurdles to jump. But it is possible with the right progression and training and so on and so forth. And you can just make those little steps. And it can be very much a micro step every day. But those micro steps add up massively into huge gains because time's passing anyway. If you sit still, the time is passing. So you might as well do something with that time that when it has passed, you're in a different place anyway. So true, dude. I also always try and encourage people to practice this thing called getting over the hump. That in any stretch program, core program, leg training, cardio stuff that you're trying to do for your surfing, any type of work on land that you know is going to be uncomfortable is just give it five minutes. Just always give something five minutes of your time because I guarantee you, once you get past this, it's called the five-minute rule. I, I don't know. It's a mysterious thing. It's fucking works. Mm. Set the timer, five minutes. Five minutes of deep, proper, calm, mobilized stretching work 
breathing, chin-ups, whatever it might be for you, exercises, dot, 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 insert what you will, five minutes. Just say that's what you're going to do. And at the end of minute five, there's this inertia you've overcome. And before you know, the feel-good juices are going and you're moving even more and you're doing this and now you're stretching even more. And then you go, well, I've done five minutes of shoulder stretching. So maybe I'll now do five more minutes of glute stretching. And I've done five minutes of glute stretching. Yeah, go on, I'll do five minutes of hamstring stretching. And then when you go to then have dinner, that night before the next swell that's coming in the next day, you feel energized, you feel calm, you feel great. And all that, what we call suffering, but discomfort that you go through in the stretching yeah. program, let's say as an example, is so worth it. And it's just keeping in mind that why, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And it's that feeling of feeling well and wonderful from your training, but also that it's going to help you, like you said, do a Kelly and just keep surfing. There's nothing to say. You can't just yeah. keep surfing, surfing, surfing right through your 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s and beyond. Yeah. And you feel better for it. Just don't go on a sup. <laughs> okay? Don't copy lead and go supping in your 60s and 70s. I'm, we're not tolerating yeah. that on this show. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can be a mindful supper. Yeah. i got nothing against subs, cool. apart, from, apart from everything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that till season two. Yeah, exactly. The mindful supper. I used to be one. I used to be yes. one. I was the worst. <laughs> You're a reformed supper. I'm a reformed supper. I'm an ex- Supper. Kind of, I go to, you know, like, Supper's Anonymous and all that kind of stuff. Hi, my name's Will and I've been prone for uh, two years now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. You're very good at these hammy jokes. Dad jokes, you mean? Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You rock the dad joke thing it's nicely. Yeah. Well, you're kind of like a dad figure to me anyway, because you're a lot <laughs> older than me. I want to talk about something. It's give yourself permission to get pissed off in the sea, because I think sometimes we, we expect a little too much of ourselves on a level of wellness, well, constant wellness, going in the sea, nothing but happiness, feeling amazing, wonderful, da-da-da, nothing but, nothing but. And it's an unrealistic expectation because people are people and they're going to annoy you in the sea, even friends. It's going to happen. And Liam's now biting his lip, or probably not. He's like, <laughs> yeah, mate, you do piss me off all the time in the surf. But it's this thing where just give yourself the permission is what I'm saying. And we were surfing yesterday and there was a stand-up paddler. And even if he listened to this show, he might even know who I'm talking about. And he would, listen, if he got offended, I couldn't control that. But what I'm about to say is not offensive whatsoever. It is not his issue. It is mine. He's in the sea just doing what he does. Coming out the back, taking every set wave because he's on a stand-up paddleboard. Why wouldn't you do that? I used to do that. You know, we're only human. He's out the back. Oh, there's a set wave. Right, go go take it then. Fine. All I was trying to do was work out where to be because he kept going left and then right and then left and then right. And so he was hogging the entire beach, it felt like. So I thought, right, well, I'm, I ain't doing this. I'm just going to paddle way down the beach excessively because I can. And that's that mindfulness bit because I was getting pissed. I was like, fuck, I even was lying in the water. I was like, oh, for no, no, really? I thought the tide was too high for that. Fine, it's not, obviously. <laughs> and so... It's just allowing myself to be like that. And then in, in allowing yourself the room to be human, I think then we, we're still in that creative space. If I was then like annoyed at myself for having got annoyed, I think I might have stayed annoyed. But I was like, nope, I'm going to use this pent up energy, we'll call it. It wasn't negative energy, but just energy. I'm just, and I'm just going to paddle down the beach. And we did. We, I went like a mile down or whatever it was and way out the way. And we had a ball. We had a great it time. It was better for it. And we were, were so much better for it. And you can relax and just kind of get into it. Now, listen, I know you can't always do that. You can't. Maybe the breaks you surf around the world, wherever you're listening to this show, you may have a break that you love or a few breaks that you love that are just always mm -hmm. rammed and always busy. And you have to wait your turn. You've got to do this or that. And people get in the way and people not taking their turn. People not following the rules. Because be a human surfer. 
Listen, we know this. They do not follow the fucking rules. It happens. And so allow yourself to get annoyed. Now, listen, whether you want to then speak up or not about that annoyance to that person is up to you. I'm not telling you what to do. Mm. But what I am saying is, can you, or asking you at least, is can you just not be so hard on yourself if you if you get pissed in the sea? Yeah, because it's the the mindful surfer is not, as we repeat time after time, is not the holier-than-thou surfer or the perfect surfer. It's just trying to get the best out of being a human being. And being a human being means that you'll, you cannot avoid the run-through of all of those emotions that come from being a human. So you're going to be happy, you're going to be sad, you're going to feel anxious, you might be scared, you're going to get angry with people for no good reason, you're going to get angry with people for good reason. But how you manage that is the way of become better at dealing with the ups and downs that inevitably come from this existence. Totally agree. And I think also what happens, I find, is if I stay in the annoyed state, stay in it and stay in it and stay in it, and I can't notice what I'm doing and slightly try and break free from it by doing other things, is that I start to attract it more yeah, and more and more and more and more. And whether that's a vibrational thing or whether it's just that the lens that I'm looking at the world through is blurred because it's blurred with all the, the bias. Because we're all biased, aren't we, as humans? If I'm feeling negative because it's crowded in the sea, well, guess what I'm going to continue to look at? The crowd in the sea. Because now I've distorted the lens of my mind. My mind is only now looking yeah. at what's not working, what's not working. What? So until I can be aware that I'm doing that, I'm just going to keep seeing that. And therefore, you, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I will continue to manifest what I don't want. The only person often that the frustration affects or the anger, I'm talking to myself, and this has been a big learning over the, the time of doing whatever it is that kind of leads to those frustrations with other humans. The only person that really suffers from that is yourself. And so managing it is an essential part of self-care. So that's the key for me, like you say. And then it just it becomes a, a downward spiral. So true. If you can just be aware, yeah. it, uh, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that you can, way. You can be aware, take breaths. It's always the breath. Yeah. Always the breath. And then the awareness to do maybe something else. Segment three, Surf Media Insight. I just want to share the latest Jamie O'Brien vlog where he was helping Carissa Moore. Yeah. Pipe. Great surfer. Great surfer. Both great, great, two great surfers. Two great surfers. And... It was, I would then say, enjoyable watching Carissa take off and get smashed. That would be really unfair. But very interesting is the word I would use. Because, and then I even put myself anywhere near the same category as a surfer as her, comparing like my ability level. But certainly you're not watching, let's say, J-O-B take off in the bowl or Kelly or some of these top guys who have experience surfing that way. That's the only reason why those females aren't adept yet at the pipe waves, the chopus of this world, the jawses of this world, is because they just haven't done it. It's just human beings who haven't done it. Is it relates to myself? And I don't get to experience and practice baroning waves that often at all. I mean, with the wave part just recently, we did. But point is, for me, if I went out there, I wouldn't be very good at it because you can only be good at what you've done over and over and over and over. So in seeing Carissa not do that great, she would she would admit it herself. I mean, Jesus, brave person taking off on these crazy, I mean, pipe, just taking off on that thing let alone trying to pig dog into the barrel and, Gives me and the get heebie spat jeebies. out. But Tatiana Western Webb is the other one and Tyler Wright. And- so, yeah, I mean, well, congratulations to Tyler for victory and John John. Yeah, oh victory. yeah, John John, yeah. But interestingly, because I put a comment the other day on uh, Coco Ho's, some footage of Coco surfing, because Coco Ho can manage some of those conditions really well mm-hmm. and, and actually makes very difficult things. This is what sort of great athletes can do when they hit their stride, isn't it? Or great pianist or guitar player is make very difficult things look very, very easy. 
And that's in itself is a skill and it's a through hours and years of thousands and thousands of hours of practice. And when you see it, it's magical. It makes it look fluid and it makes it look sort of simple. But it's very, very difficult things made to look very easy by people who've got high skill levels and have been bothered to put in lots and lots of practice. So true, dude. And on that reference to barrel riding, yep. it's a very, I'd say, so you have surfing of like one to six feet. Yeah. Or even one to 10 feet yep. if it's crumbling still. Mm. That is like, okay, take off. It might be hang five if you're doing that kind of thing. Or it might be back to the tail of the board on a smaller board and or even a long board. And doing like things called turns, maneuvers, calves, mm. floaters, speed down the line, cutbacks. Insert what you will. Dot, 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 dot. I want to throw this out there and say that barrel riding is a different sport. Pure, genuine, trying to get deep pits, like real dredging pits, which is like a barrel. Like a, if it's gonna, you're gonna get barrel in the barrelly life, and you're gonna get into a barrel properly and deep and get spat out. It's got to be pretty big, and it's got to be pretty shallow, and it's gonna to have to be the most intense thing you've ever seen in your life on a level of fear as well as a level of joy, and the skill level needed for it, and the precise nature of it and the equipment choice and the guts and being in the right place at the right time the waves that it's just a melding of a lot of things with barrel riding is i can't put it into the same bracket as surfing mm. i say you got surfing and then you got barrel riding because it's such a unique skill and it's so unique to that person who either has done it or hasn't done it yeah. i'm a half decent surfer but i can't barrel ride I haven't got the experience. It's experience and it's conditioning. It's yeah. those two things. Yeah. I yeah. would say the same thing. You Surfing, everyday surfing, which is what we do, mm -hmm. as you say, in that range that you mentioned. Barrel riding massively. It's a unique club, isn't it? You're either in these hollow beach breaks or you're on reef breaks. You've got the right conditions, right board, right time. You've got to have had the practice to not kill yourself on some of these places because it's a very dangerous place. And then the other segment, if you like, of surfing is riding giants. You know, the Nazarets, the Mavericks, the Jaws of the world you know those huge like adam does who's been on the show oh, yeah, a friend that's a of the show. thing yeah that's another different so you've there's almost surfing covers like because it's a hugely broad church isn't it and some people like surfing there and some people like surfing over here and they're very different things but going back to the theme of the show if you like in terms of how to develop how to practice things like barrel riding we're surfers but we're not barrel riders because we don't get the chance to practice that and a couple of occasions you nearly get to sort of experience that and even in the artificial conditions of the wave you realize how powerful those huge natural barrels will be and are breaking over very shallow either beach or coral or rock like Mullermore over in Ireland I mean you appreciate just what an absolute sort of monster of a wave that is mm. but also the skill levels that people like Garage and Connor and all those guys north west of Ireland are doing riding those things is just off the charts isn't it it's so true dude. they're a unique club actually oh. those kind of high-end barrel riders Crazy. I always find end of the third week. So when I've done my barley trips, mm. I've done three weeks. Sri Lanka wasn't really barreling. Hawaii, obviously, barrels. Yes. So I've, done, I've been there a few times for surf trips to see family. It just barrels like monster barrels. It's not mm. like a barley. Barley's mm. like doable barrels, like overhead, mm. but not like 30 feet mm. overhead or whatever. So it's the place where it's been barreling the most in my life, other than, let's say, Portugal, France. But that's, that's a bit beach breaks even more difficult because it's so intense, so quick. So with barley, you get to line it up. You get to really line up the tube right there. And there's the section and it's going to spit, go, and you're lining it up. Now, it's by the end of the third week. What starts to happen is the synapsis, the mind-body connection, seeing that view of this lip flying over your head that is at the start of week one, way too intense. Mm. It's the lights are too bright. It's too, the vortex is, too, it's so, it's overwhelming is what it is. 
it's a fascinating thing with the human mind is that the more you do something that's overwhelming over and over and over is eventually it just you start to gradually adapt and and by the end of my third week by day four five six of that third week I'm stalling and I'm just I'm watching it and I'm just I'm basically embracing it rather than trying to run away from it now I've never had that full pit really and that spit out I've had loads of beautiful experiences of, of flying through the barrel and it's closed out but it is an insight into like if you just give yourself enough time on these type of trips, if you get to do a once in a lifetime one day and you get to do these these longer trips, if you can get to a fourth and a fifth and a sixth, seventh, eighth week of those kinds of ways like an Indo, well, you might dial it for life. Well, and that's it. If anybody's listening that wants to help Will and I get big or little barrels, little ones for me, big ones for Will, then please feel free to make it happen. You, you know where we are. Uh, you know where we are. We'd love to. <laughs> and, and I think in later years or episodes or seasons, we'll get onto that for sure. Yeah. We're going to round things off. And yeah. also, dude, before we do, because it's the new year soon, what's coming in the in 2021? Well, what, I just want to say that this Mindful Surfers is a wrap for season one. So thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for keeping our dream alive, really. It's been a blast this year. It's been a weird year, 2020. But we have absolutely loved bringing the Mindful Surfer to you and content and surf content. Next season in 2021, we're going to have more famous names, some very interesting guests. There might be more comedy characters. And there's going to be some brand new segments to tune into as well. So um, keep the stock high. Have a wonderful new year. And we'll see you on the other side. Nice one, guys. Bye-bye.